Hi everyone, welcome back to the world of Winchester. I hope everyone's doing well in the current climate of lockdowns and such, but hopefully this is the final step. I hope you all had a good Christmas and New Year. Today we welcome Elijah James, a fellow accounting and finance student from Australia. He's going to tell us a bit about life there as well as studying and such. He also studied abroad in Italy, so we'll talk a little bit about that, but obviously last episode was focused on that, so it's mainly going to focus on Australia. Thanks for the amazing feedback on episode one. It was really positive and encouraging. The audio issue, we are aware of that and that should be fixed this episode. We're also welcoming back Sam as co-host. And this is the first episode that's recorded remotely, so please let me know if it worked as well. This episode, by the way, is a lot more sort of colloquial, less structured, so let me know if you prefer that as well. All right, so Eli, thank you so much for coming on all the way from Australia. How are you, sir? It's been a long time. G'day, Ryan. It's good to hear from you again. I'm doing very well. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. We finally worked out the time difference. What time is it there? Because it's 8 a.m. here. It's uh, 4 p.m. So that's that. Just a couple of hours. Oh, wow. <laughs> Different one. That's uh, eight hour difference, right? Um, my maths isn't good, but I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Eight hours difference, yeah. 16 o'clock. So, Eli, I'm thinking it must have been about a year ago that we met now in Bristol. In Bristol, do we meet in Bristol or Cambridge? Is my question. Oh, yeah, it was Bristol because um, you came to our house first, then it was Cambridge. Yes, because we went to Thekla and then it was about a week later we went to Cambridge. Which did you prefer, Eli, Bristol or Cambridge? See, for me, Bristol had more of a homely vibe because I was living there. Cambridge was more low, low, low's party vibe. I think that's why I'm glad you share the view. It's a beautiful town. Beautiful town. Yeah, it was amazing. Yeah, incredible. So in Australia, how is Corona? Because it's on our news now that nightclubs and stuff are opening. Everything's opening back up over there. Uh, so in my town of Perth, my, my big city, we have got it down to zero cases, under 10 cases. We're out and about. Restaurants are open. Clubs are open. Bars are open. University's back on campus. I mean, how Everything's you, going smoothly. How do you manage that, though? I mean... See, we did what everyone was supposed to do, and we actually locked down for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Plus, being the most isolated city in the entire world, it's quite easy to close your borders. And so we just shut the borders, had no one coming in. Um, and that was a big help. Places like Melbourne, who are still struggling, still getting outbreaks, places like Sydney, because they haven't shut the borders properly. They were in lockdown for quite a long time, but a lot of protests, a lot of people not complying. Mm-hmm. We've done it right. So in Perth then, are they not letting in people from other parts of the country? Is it a total lockdown like that? So it was for a long time. But it was a very hard border. No one else could come in. Now it's gotten mm-hmm. to the point where we're letting people in from certain states, but not Victoria, not New South Wales because of the recent outbreaks. Definitely the UK. So as, as a little anecdote, um, <laughs> My family came over from Victoria. Once the borders opened, they came over to visit. Victoria had another outbreak and the West Australian government said, if you've arrived in the past two weeks, you've got to lock down. And so they, they came for about two days. They had to lock down and go home. Oh, wow. <laughs> but our 
Australia's smashed it in general compared to us. Yeah. We've been locked up on and off for like a year, basically. Yeah, it's like... What to, what, what to you guys at now? Well, we're locked down. No, no tears. Official, official lockdown to Easter now. Easter? <laughs> yeah, it's not looking too That's good. Fun. Hopefully this is like the last hurdle. Mm. And have you got a vaccine over there as well? Uh, Yes. So the government has said they want 4 million people vaccinated by March. Okay. We'll see how that goes. Um, (laughs) This is in a population of 24 million. So one sixth. Boris Johnson pretty much said February, hopefully 10 million people have been vaccinated. I was like, big man. Yeah. It seems to be going a little bit slow, but, you know, it's not too bad. I think they should get in the military to do it. Why is that? Because they've got lots of trained nurses and doctors. Might as well uh, roll out. Yeah, I mean, Uh, in these trying times. In Australia, when we had the fires and when we had the floods, the army reserves were the first ones called up to to help out, and especially with the borders as well, um, because the police were stretched quite thin. The army was controlling the borders and so yeah it's a great idea yeah we'll see what happens all right so eli you live in perth then in australia that is correct the west coast west coast oh wow and you studied in perth as well or somewhere else yeah so australia doesn't really have a culture of going outside your hometown to study some Mm. people do get into the university of melbourne which is quite prestigious or uh, Canberra, Sydney, they get somewhere nice, but that's a very rare percent. Our universities in WA are quite good. And so a lot of people um, just stay in Perth. I studied in Perth. And a big thing as well compared to, like you studied abroad in America and you went to live on campus because that's what they do. In Perth, you just live at home because you live 20-minute drive from university. Why would you? Why would you pay thousands of dollars to stay there? Wow, yeah, that makes sense. What was the name of your university? Uh, Curtin University, the okay. second best in WA. Oh, nice. It's funny you should say about the culture of uh, staying in your hometown, because it's the same in America. Almost everyone I knew, like 95%, lived, their parents lived within 20 minutes drive. Whereas in England, I don't know anyone that stayed at home. Everyone wants to sort of get away as far as possible. Italy, it was a, it was a 50-50, because like, I know, like, some like most of my friends pretty much came from like the same region from Italy. But, like, yeah, but many came from the south though, which is like, you know, don't blame them. I think it's the size of the country. America and Australia are so big. The UK and Italy is tiny. Like I go to Bristol, other end of the country, it's still only a three hour train. That's so easy to go home for breaks and for all of that. Yeah, it's, um, it's just expensive though, isn't it, in England, the trains? It's quite interesting you say that about America because all the movies tell you that all the kids go away and they're so far from their parents, but apparently that's not the case. I mean, Hollywood. <laughs> no, almost no one goes out of state. And the reason is, I think the fees are much higher. I'm not sure the exact figure, but it's if, if you go to the same state that you live, it's way cheaper. So... Interesting. If you're and it's already really expensive out there, so so, so what well, do you get like a cheaper tuition fee if you're regional rather than kind of yeah, if you're in state state, it's a much much cheaper tuition. It's still really expensive compared to here, but you know. 
why would they change the tuition free fees between states? It's still one country. I guess every state has their own government, so I don't know. It's a bit weird. So the Australian university system, we have a thing called HECS, H-E-C-S, stands for something. Basically, we get our student loans at 0% interest. We pay it back when we get a job that's over $50,000 a year, and it's 1%, 2% of our paycheck that gets taken out. So it's such an easy system. Plus our degrees are 30,000 Australian dollars. So that's 15,000 uh, pounds. So it's really quite affordable. The other thing though is international students. So our education, that's our third biggest export because we get a lot of students from particularly China who come over and their fees are over $100,000. As Ryan, you were, you were researching this, weren't you? Yes, I was at one point looking at that. <laughs> I, I think, as you said, it was too expensive for internationals. I don't know. I was looking at a lot of things abroad. I really wanted to do an MBA in Italy or France, but now that we've left the EU, it's considered expensive. Well, considered so expensive, expensive did you say? Yeah, yeah. For an MBA, I think, particularly. So, what are you doing instead? Um, well, I'm not too sure at the moment. It's all up in the air. I'm not sure if I told you I was going for this job in New York as a financial analyst. I got to the fifth oh. stage out of five really far. I had my heart set on it. And then unfortunately, I didn't get it at the last stage. Mate, that's horrible. That would have been a gig that sets you up for life. Yeah, I mean, I know. The thing is, they were talking to me about rent and stuff, which to me said that I'd already got it. But then no. That, it's a good indicator. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, so I'm just applying to loads more boats. I'm a dual citizen. I'm not sure if you know that. So I'm applying to ones in America and the UK at the moment. Nice, nice. That's a fantastic, that's a good amount of options. Did you, after you finished your internship with uh, the company, did they offer you your role? Um, Domino's, they kind of did, but they, they, they say it's based on demand. So they said if there's an opening in my team in summer, then I can probably do it, but I still got to apply through the normal. Yeah, but most likely you'll get accepted anyway. I mean, you've been there. I mean, I hope so. I hope so. That's definitely one of my favorite options because it was amazing there. The, the, it was more like a campus, huge office, robots going around. It was quite inspiring. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So, That's Eli, you studied, you studied our degree as well, didn't you? Accounting and finance. So I studied a major in accounting with a minor in management. Mm -hmm. uh, while I was in Italy, I studied uh, mainly economics units. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a interesting degree, isn't it? Did you enjoy it overall? Uh, not in the slightest. I the, the subject matter. I thought accounting was such a dry subject, and because. Just to, just to give a differing opinion, I'm going to be honest, I'm not going to say it was the best thing ever. Uh, because I wasn't interested, it made it harder to study. And because I wasn't interested in the first year, when you compound the lessons into the second year, it, it becomes harder. And as we were speaking about the other day, the third year units were ridiculous. Yeah, definitely. I understand that because I did robotics for a year and it was awful. It was so hard and I just had no motivation and then I got sort of behind. <laughs> So what made you choose accounting in the first place then? I did 
I was originally doing human resources mm -hmm. and accounting I chose because the first year, <laughs> excuse me, the first year unit, I got uh, 90 something percent as a final grade. And I was stoked. I was finally good at something. And in the second year units, I was getting about 50. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was, it was all a lie. <laughs> I had a very persuasive, very, very persuasive professor in the first semester. He tricked me into it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah Same as well. In Italy, I chose econometrics because my first semester professor for statistics said, oh, you could do it. It's very fun. I was like, okay. And I did it. And I regret it. It was very fun. We had to like program and stuff. Yeah, econometrics is no joke. I've done a little bit of that. Eli, don't they let you change degree though? Is there flexibility? There is. Uh, there is quite a bit of flexibility. Once you do the units, though, if your degree you're changing to is unrelated, they they won't let you credit it. So you'll have spent X amount of months and X amount of thousands of dollars on it. Mm -hmm. But I was a bit silly sticking with it, to be honest. I was a bit... I, the first semester, I thought, oh, I've already done one semester. I may as well stick with it. And then uh, in the th in the third or fourth year, because I spread it out a bit, I was thinking I should have left in the first semester. Fair enough. But at least you've graduated now, got your degree. Exactly. Got a bachelor's degree to my name. It's got me some options for postgraduate if I want to do that. Honours, master's. Yes, so. come to Italy. <laughs> um, I've been wanting to... So at the start of 2020, I decided to study abroad again that was my goal i was going to go to oh america my or america or i'm not going to say the reason why it's funny but i'm not going to say it. it's, I think it's not too it's not too uh, <laughs> i swear you, i can't say it i swear you said it like when we were there okay I, i'm not sure what you're talking about to be honest but we'll discuss we'll it after. we'll discuss it afterwards <laughs> so <laughs> Uh, so what I did was I had one elective unit left. I don't know. Did you call them electives, broadening units? Yeah, we just, you know what I'm talking about? I think. Okay. So I decided to do business law because at my university, I could extend my degree to be accounting and business law. Mm -hmm. uh, and then everything in 2020 happened. Global travel was taken off the, taken off the, uh, the options. And I was stuck doing a business law unit that I despised. <laughs> I got exactly 50% in that unit. Um, instead, of, instead of doing something like something fun that I was interested in, a first year unit could help me up my grades or something. But nevertheless, it's done now. I've graduated. Yeah, that's definitely unfortunate. I was thinking about the loan you were talking about, 0%. In England, I just looked it up, it's 6%. And it starts from your first year accumulating interest. Are you serious? Yeah, it's really bad. But then ours is a bit different because when you're 40, it gets wiped. So I think almost no one pays it back, do they, Sam? Um, they should, but they don't. <laughs> they don't. So you're saying they choose not to pay it until they're 40 and then it gets worse. Yeah, it, yeah, I think you do have to pay it if you earn over a certain yeah, threshold. Yeah. I think it's like... Yeah, so you've paid over time, so... Yeah. 
It's a new thing, though. It used to be completely free here until about 10 years ago. It was, what government was it, Sam? Lib Dem. We voted in Lib Dem as a coalition. They say they, it was 3,000. They said they'd get rid of it. Tripled it with the Conservative government. <laughs> <laughs> so, Eli, what um, extracurriculars did you do at university? I did a lot of volunteering. I did uh, some leadership courses and some in particular. One one that I did was the John Curtin Leadership Academy, where you get teamed up with a certain not-for-profit that you pick. I picked Melanoma Western Australia because one in three Australians get skin cancer, right? That's just a statistic, one in three. Um, so their goal for our project was to reach the demographic of 19 to 30 because that is the target, that's the highest risk demographic. Um, and in this project, we got to do so many fun events like uh, beach volleyball tournament and uh, what did we do? We did a bunning sausage sizzle. I'm not, it was, it's an Australian thing. We did, uh, there were quiz nights and parties and stuff, all these ideas floating around. That was fantastic. I did something called TLG where you go on a rural uh, program for a week, go to a primary school and teach the kids maths because the education gap between rural kids and city kids is unbelievable. I was teaching a seventh grader how to count to 20. Oh, like it, it, that's bad. Um, so a lot of volunteering, a lot of fun stuff, social sports, drinking at the Tav, you know how it is. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, that sounds great. It's amazing you've done all that volunteer work. So why is the skin cancer so high, do you think? Is it just the intensity of the sun there? We don't have an ozone layer. There's a big hole in the ozone layer right above Australia. Mm -hmm. So a lot of uh, British people come to Australia. And they think, finally, finally, <laughs> yeah, yeah, sun, finally hot. And you see, you can spot them at the beach because they're bright red. Like within <laughs> five minutes, they burn and they don't realise the dangers. <laughs> Quite amusing, but also quite, like quite yeah. <laughs> like, I shouldn't laugh. But, yeah. That sounds like us. It's literally grey and miserable right now. Yeah, skin cancer is pretty much abysmal here. In America, they always talked about the weather, and apparently it's the same as Seattle, the weather here. It's just grey and dark all the time. But it, I don't know, I quite like it, because then when it is nice, you appreciate it more. See, as well as being the most isolated city in the world, Perth is the sunniest city in the world which shocked me coming to England and hearing that you guys have clouds and overcast 90% of the time. How yeah. do you, where do you get your vitamin See, D I'm, from? I'm positive. 10% of the time we get the sun. So, you know, looking at the side. <laughs> <laughs> half full. My sister actually says in the UK, every single person should be taking vitamin D supplements. But obviously no one does. I guarantee you should. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's... it's it's fun having sunshine. Sometimes it's hot, but you learn no, to it. Definitely. Have you got a beach near you as well? Uh, yeah, about 15-minute drive. Oh, you're living the dream, Eli. <laughs> I was shocked to hear stories of, and this is beautiful, like white sandy beaches, nice, not pebble beaches, like you know what I'm talking about, uh, beautiful water. I was shocked in Italy that, People were going for a beach trip. And I was three, three hours on the train to get to the closest beach. That's 
Yeah, because we were landlocked. Yes. We were landlocked. That's the thing. We only was landlocked. So you couldn't go anywhere. You had to take a train to like Chicatera to go to the beach. It's like, is that worth it? Three hours? Was the water nice to the out of interest? Was it clear? Mm. Oh, I never went. Well, I didn't go either, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I couldn't be bothered. Plus, it was winter. But the water's genuinely clear. Speaking of water, apparently the water in Bologna has too much yeah. limestone in it. And I think it, yeah, I remember that, yeah. Apparently, there's, there's rumours and stories of people who shower in Bologna too long and they lose all their hair. <laughs> Or they drink the water and they get sick. Uh, yeah, I've got that problem without drinking <laughs> any of that water. <laughs> yeah, I think the the I think the, the water the tap water contains yeah a concentration of limestone, but I don't know if it does. You know, it does it does it doesn't make you sick? I mean, it did make my stomach feel unwell. Other than that, you know, that's concerning. I'll be on the bottled water then if I go visit you, Sam. <laughs> I mean, that's been a one year for bottled water it was crazy. I like fifty cents on my name. Buy one year of water. Well, my internship in Michigan. You know what happened there? Yeah, yeah. to Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was still quite worried about that. <laughs> was that still going? That's gone for years. Yeah, no, it's all sorted now, but still, it's just like a scandal. I couldn't even imagine. Unbelievable. I, and people told me like literally the government had to give them bottled water for like a year. That's crazy. Yeah. So Eli, Australian university, is it the same as us? Three years. Um, so an accounting degree is three years. The first year is typically at my school generalized units. So I did introduction to marketing, introduction to computer systems, introduction to uh, management, all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the second two years is specialized. If you do something like engineering, that's four years. Um, masters is another two years. Medicine is forever. You never stop learning in medicine. So it is similar. Okay, I really like that system because ours is very rigid. From year one, you're doing all accounting modules, uh, a few finance, a little bit of economics, and then America's the other way. It's totally unstructured. Like I had fr- a friend doing music, and he had to take calculus, maths. So really? I think you've got like Where's a perfect... the logic in that. Um, I don't know. Apparently, it makes you more well-rounded, but they hate it because it makes them graduate. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, but I, I don't know. It sounds like Australia has the perfect blend. Then we do have a very good education system. Very, very good. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, in England, literally, it's completely your degree from year one. So I did robotics, then I changed, and I had to redo the entire year because nothing carried over. Really? Yeah, not even maths, which is pretty much I think, the same. I think that's what's good about doing generalised units in the first year because if you're unsure of what you're doing, which, let's face it, 90% of people are unsure about what they're doing, Mm-hmm, definitely doing a taste of everything now i wasn't doing english units and stuff i was doing specifically business units but quite the introduction to each one so i could try it oh i really enjoyed marketing i really enjoyed this one and this one so you get the taste of each one and uh i think that's really really fantastic and it's quite helpful that sounds amazing that's like the perfect way to do it so eli in your third year did you have to write a dissertation no, so we 
keep our thesis and dissertation for masters. One thing we do do in a bachelor's degree is at my university in particular, it's called a capstone unit. So everyone that's done a business degree, a commerce degree gets together for this one class and it's a simulation of running a business. So in your group, you'll have someone with a marketing major, someone with a management major, a finance major, an accounting major, and it's, it's all jumbled up and you're running a simulated business together and you're using the knowledge that you've learned. My job in the group was to be the accountant of the business to manage shares that's, and cash flow. And that's so much better. That's so much better. That sounds incredible. So useful for the future as well. And what was your project as a group? Uh, so the project was we were running a business that sells sensors and the each week you have to put in this is how much we're spending on R&D this is we're going to let's say you have five units you're selling five different products mm -hmm. we're going to have a high-end one a low-end one a mid-range one uh, one that's focused on this one's focused on this or you could put all your money into high-end but all, you have the freedom to do what you want to do you can put all your money into low end and sort of capture that market share. Um, then you have to do a marketing budget and you have to do a production budget. How many units are you going to produce? It was so interesting, so helpful. Um, and that, that was a really fun unit. That sounds great compared to what we're doing. In our final year, we're doing a full dissertation. So like a huge research project for the year. And then we have an exam on it. Yeah, for some reason. Really? <laughs> and on top of that, we've got all our normal exams and stuff. So it's quite well known like that final year in England is very tough. It sounds quite yeah. overloaded. Yeah, definitely. Because first and second year is like nothing, isn't it, Sam? Then third year yeah, is I mean, like third, I mean, it is worth 75%. So, I mean... Oh, don't tell me that. That's so depressing. These exams we're doing are 75%. 75 yeah, Second year was 25%. And then third year, yeah, it's the full. So you and we have both the past three years. Yes, we do. And the other thing on accounting, the exams are like 80%. The coursework's pretty much nothing. So you have to do well on the exam. What's the point of doing this? I, I despise the idea that exams are worth so much. Because if you're having a bad day for whatever reason and you can't concentrate yeah you just ruined everything exactly even something minor like a headache can really ruin you if it's exactly. online your online exams are very easy because um, in Bologna I just cheated for most of the online exams I just put like a piece of paper on my wall or the <laughs> oh the online yeah, exams the, obviously the, the in-person exams you know it was very strict but like <laughs> the online exams are you know very easy to cheat <laughs> yeah the same in America open book or closed? It was closed, but like, I just put presentation slides for my lectures on my wall. I just kept looking up and down. In America, to be fair, most of the exams are online, even in normal times, and everyone has this software called Chegg, and you just write the question, <laughs> then the answer flashes up. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I can have experience with that. <laughs> Eli, what overall then were your favourite modules? I wonder if it's similar to here, because we basically in accounting do a bit of finance, sort of like financial management, corporate finance, management accounting, and financial accounting. Is yours similar to that? I've done all of those, yeah. <laughs> they all um, ring a bell. 
I enjoyed the introductory unit where you're learning about debits and credits and you're learning about the balance sheet and the really easy stuff. And it feels <laughs> good at yeah. something when you get to an assignment and you get back 90%. It feels great. Uh, after that, I genuinely couldn't tell you because they all sort of molded into one. I feel like there was a lot of interconnectivity between the units, between the modules. Yeah. And it builds on top of each other. Uh, management accounting was a bit different because it was less about the numbers and more about uh, other things. Mm-hmm. Um, did you do something called information systems? No, I wish we did though. That sounded good. Oh, it was horrible. You had to <laughs> draw diagrams about business processes and there's a symbol that means computer. There's a symbol that means file. There's a symbol and you have to draw them out. It's so, so outdated. I'm just silly, you know. Yeah, maybe not. But you're right. It's definitely a building block subject. You need to know every module together and you need to know everything from the previous year, really, to do well. Yes. When I was doing the capstone unit, uh, the teacher came up and said, looked at our work and said, oh, Eli, you should know this one. This is accounting. And the question was about how much of your business do you want to be cash? Do you want... 10% cash, 17% cash, 5% cash. And I looked at him and I said, I've never heard of this in my entire life. <laughs> he looked at me shocked. He said, this is a, this is in the year, a second, a second semester. This is this unit. You should know this. I'd never heard of it. And I hope to say that I've yeah, never heard of yeah. it. You know what I'm talking about? But you know, I did. I, I don't think we've done that very much. But they say cash is king. I probably would have said like 20% as a guess. No, cash is king. Uh, we, we, we kept it around 15, 20, so that's, that's accurate. Okay. I don't know. I, I suppose the alternative is investing it, which you obviously want to do as well. Yeah, investing in R&D, marketing, all that sort of stuff. What was your favourite unit? Um, I don't know. Sam, um, what was your favourite? I enjoyed... I'm trying to kind of scrape the bottom of the barrel here. Um, I enjoyed. I'm enjoying corporate reporting now because I understand it. But yeah, but that's pretty much that's pretty much it. The rest of the modules, the financial management, I enjoy. Everything else, you know. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm similar. Financial accounting, it's very tough when you're learning it, but then once you're studying it on your yeah, own and understand yeah, it, it's quite so enjoyable. But um, I'm not sure about working in financial accounting, although it's good to study it because it is sort of basically just auditing and checking accounts and stuff. I think finance or management accounting is a better career, well, at least for me, because it's more looking into the future and more helping with strategy and stuff. I feel like that is a good point. And one thing about the accounting business is every article that ranks the top most likely businesses to be automated, accounting is number one. And I think when it says that, it refers to typically yeah. just everyday data yeah. entry accounting, bookkeeping. Yeah, it's funny you say that. that. Um, in my internship, my final project was to automate a lot of their cash accounting. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. You work against yourself. 
exactly. Maybe I can't yeah, do that now. I just like, my own job. America, the <laughs> Americans, I mean, baloney, the Americans are saying, oh, Sam, you know, accounting is so outdated. You know, it's like, yeah, but you study art history. I mean, <laughs> I mean what are you piping about? <laughs> You know, that's cultured, though, yeah, Sam. It's not going to be useful, is it? Or Leonardo da Vinci, like, 14 times. Sam, you can't just roast an entire field <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> do, you oh, good one. do you remember that? Oh, like, do you remember that? In Milan, <laughs> Seth kept going on about, like, all oh, this painting, this on, you know, like, 15, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, thank you. Thanks for your... Sam, I'm pretty sure you can't make that <laughs> <on> podcast. <laughs> Oh, send nah. it to us, Sam. She'll listen to it. She'll search up Sam as Mude on. Uh, oh yeah, Eli James comedy. They were amazing, by the way. Your confidence in those, mate. I appreciate that. I haven't touched that for a while. That's a twenty. <laughs> that's a twenty twenty one goal of mine to get back into comedy. Is it really? It is. It is. You should. You should. Would you do like stand up? I've done stand up for about three years. Yeah. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah, I'd love to watch you do that. That'd be sick. I, have, I remember you showed me you were in a movie, I think it was, or like a, it was in a, a type of movie. And you sh- it was Christmas time, you showed me a scene. You still have that scene. Uh, I think I know what you're referring to. Yes, I was in a movie. Oh, wow. No, it was not of the adult nature. It was just a regular movie. It was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun. Just an interesting way to meet new people try something new actors Definitely. are a different breed actors are strange people are they really why just interesting characters a very high percentage of narcissists go into it because i think i'm the best i'm going to do this mm-hmm. uh, so you meet a lot of people like that and just different personalities yeah definitely you know when he told me that you did comedy i was expecting like uh, yeah, you doing it when young on YouTube, two views. But then we looked at it, and you were huge. You were on like big YouTube channels and stuff. I think you're on TV or something. You showed me no, yeah, puppets yeah. or something. Uh, that was that was my channel. I was on TV one time. I was on the radio for a little bit. One thing that shocked me personally is so my my biggest YouTube video was five thousand views. All the rest were under a thousand. Mm-hmm. The TV show I was doing was like a local network channel. I'm not sure their viewership. But the radio station I was doing at 11 p.m. at night had 40,000 listeners. And this is something where people would come up to me and be like, were you on the radio yeah. last night? I was like, yeah. What are you doing listening to AM radio? And it was, it was a shock. It was, it was incredible. And uh, I was getting recognized a bit. It was good fun. That's amazing. Yeah, you were definitely big time. You should definitely go back to it, I think. Thank you very much. This is a thing where I've, I'm at the point where it's time to decide career. I'm young, but it's time. I've graduated uni. It's time to decide. And on one hand, accounting is, other than automation, relatively safe, relatively standard, decent enough pay eventually. Mm-hmm. Or I could go into things that I enjoy, like radio and comedy, where it's a huge risk. The money is low. If you make it, sure, it's fantastic. But if you're just doing local radio, the money's low. It's rare that you'll actually get a gig. And this is a time we to, to start decide somewhere. what to do. You have to start somewhere. Mm. What made you decide that you were set on internships and career and that sort of corporate lifestyle? 
What, me? Yeah. Um, well, I did that year in robotics. I, I'm basically just trying to make a quick <laughs> buck, Eli. Oh, I don't know. Um, all about the money. I don't know. I started on accounting and finance. I studied like really hard. I've never studied in my life. I studied hard for this, got really, really good grades. And then, um, yeah, I, I was just like bored over summer. I thought, email a few accounting firms. They got back to me. Um, the work was pretty much data entry when I was, because I'd only done first year, so I hated it. But the people were amazing. Um, study abroad, whole different perspective, enjoyed it there as well. And then I did this internship with Domino's at a big company, and it was just amazing. The culture, everyone is so friendly. The top people will come to you. Um, you have loads of meetings, development sessions, everyone's helping each other. And I don't know, I just like the environment. And I think as a career, there's just so many things you can do with accounting and finance, so many directions you can go. So I think I'm going to stick with it, at least for now. So did you do a year abroad or six months? Um, it was over a year, actually, because I went, I'm a citizen, so I didn't have to get a visa. So the second my university ended, ended in Bristol in May, I went there in like June early and just worked over summer. Do you think that being British helps you with the diversity part of, because a lot of internships, they like diversity. They like to show they're a diverse company and they hire diverse people. Um, do you think that being British helps you? A hundred percent. The second they hear your accent, <laughs> they love it. <laughs> it wins the moment, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> I wasn't really sure how I got that Domino's internship, to be fair, because I'd only done one internship before. Um, I'd been at an American university for like a year, and I don't know, I just didn't think that the application was that great, but then I got called up. Because normally I get about a hundred projections. Mm, it happens. It's all about numbers. Definitely. Quantity, not quality for it. But um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. Like you could, you could maybe start accounting or finance in an industry that you really like. I don't know. Um, maybe like movie, TV, or something, and then do comedy yeah. on the side until the comedy exactly, grows yeah. enough side to hustle. be your main income. Side hustle. Keep it as a hobby until it's big enough to pay the bills. I get it. Do you? So I started working in the uh, the hotel industry just as a bartender because I wanted a foot in the door. So I think being an accountant for a hotel chain would be fantastic. You get so many benefits, you could travel. It'd be wonderful. Yeah, that would be amazing. You, you would definitely get to travel. Except so recently, uh, after COVID, the, the company has realized, and a lot of companies have realized that you don't need to travel for work anymore. You can just Zoom call. You can just like yeah you know what i mean like you don't need to be travel opportunities are becoming less and less in a workplace because it's unnecessary that's definitely true yeah dominoes are in 94 countries normally as people like whizzing between all of them now they've realized that it can all be done over zoom so they might as well save the cost i wonder if i went to america and applied for a domino's internship being australian would help with uh, CEO Don May being here in Brisbane and uh, the headquarters being here in Australia. Yeah, Domino's Australia, it's talked about a lot there. They love it. It's a lot more, I think it's the most modern one with vegan products and everything already. Vegan products, AI, uh, determining whether the pizza is good or not good. And yeah, it's, it's interesting. Contactless delivery. Yeah, we had a whole presentation about uh, the Australian guy, actually, how he started 
I think at store level and then built the entire thing in Australia to be so huge. Are you talking about the CEO, Don Mate? Yeah, yeah, Don Mate. He was a delivery driver at the start and then he worked his way up through the company. Yeah, that's it. It's kind of a success story. And he owns some of the other countries, I think, as well. Most likely, yeah. He is the highest paid CEO in Australia. $20 or $30 million a year. Wow, I did not know that. That's amazing. Yeah, highest paid CEO. That can be you, Eli. Start as a delivery driver. <laughs> Work my way up. Bartender to the hey, manager. This is the thing. Hotel industry, it's a lot of late nights and a lot of... Uh, holidays you know christmas new year's eve you must that sort of thing as a bartender you must have a lot of kind of you know customers who go around becoming a nuisance (laughs) yeah like you have a couple of drunk customers you know so (laughs) australia has the worst drinking culture that i've ever experienced and we have very strict laws around it um we have RSA, which is the Responsible Service of Alcohol. Every bartender needs to have this qualification. Uh, part of it is standardizing every shot is 30 mils. You can't free pour. You have to measure everything. You cannot serve drunk people. You have to cut them off. Um, we have very strict regulations about it. But yeah, when people do get drunk, you just cut them off straight away. Give them some water and send them off. I have heard that actually. I had an Australian friend in Bristol and she said they brought in a new law where you can't serve shots after a certain time. Uh, yes. Um, you, when you're in a club, you have to ask, do you guys do shots? Half clubs don't do shots. Half of them do them until 11 p.m. Uh, in Sydney, they have lockout laws. So bottle shops have to close by a certain time. So if you just want a, a nice glass, <coughs> excuse me, a nice glass of wine with your dinner, you can't go to the bottle shop and buy a bottle. Wow, it's ruining your culture though. That's like so big there. Alcohol fueled violence is huge over here. A lot of uh, glassing attacks, coward punches, fights in the city. It's 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 a big problem. Which is in in, in Italy. People were drinking seven nights a week, and in six months, I didn't see a single fight. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, get yeah. raised, but not in an argumentative kind of way. Yeah, they were building up the hype. Nothing happened. It was quite interesting. It was quite an interesting experience. I know in the UK, when we went out a couple of times, there wasn't too much trouble. There wasn't really any trouble. But no, probably just got lucky. If if stuff goes down in a club, they'll just get kicked out, and there's lots of security and stuff. Yeah, have some very tough. Guys. <laughs> <laughs> That's the other thing. Um, imagine okay, Perth drinking culture. Imagine football hooligans after their team has just lost, but that's every Saturday night. That's how bad it is. There's oh, wow. bloody riots in it. Yeah, isn't that like, this is Swansea. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Swansea is worse. <laughs> Swansea is a different breed. Wait, like, what, what sports are big in Australia then? We have Australian football. Okay. Is that wrong? Um, AFL. It's a, it's a different game. Um, it's weird to explain it to people who've never... It's a mix between, like, rugby, Gaelic football... 
yeah, it's uh, it's an oval shaped ball, and you can kick like it, American, and you can run with it, and like American football, like American football, get points and stuff. <laughs> football, but we don't stop every five seconds. Oh, that sounds amazing, then, because that is the problem. I went to some games, and oh my god, every five seconds, armies on, cheerleaders. I've read the statistics where the Super Bowl, out of three hours of a night, it was eleven minutes of gameplay. That's ridiculous. That's insane. You guys have paid so much money and everyone's watching. It is, yeah. In camp, quite yeah, boring, in camp, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the Americans, the first semester ones, they were hyping it up like, oh my God, it's going to be a nice game. They said they're just watching adverts. Yeah, it is yeah, just have... if they make one inch of progress, teams on, team talk, 100 subs, because there's like rolling subs. There's about 100 players off the pitch that they can bring on. Um, there was t-shirt cannons going, armies <laughs> on the press-ups, cheerleaders, and it's not even half time. That's just for a break every like, ten seconds. That's a big that it, they'd put a big spectacle over it. Yeah, definitely. It's all commercialized adverts and stuff. Whereas English football, forty-five minutes, no break. See, that's that's the intensity of Australian football. Except mm. there's more violence <laughs> and less. <pain>. <laughs> Um, have you played that, Eli? I played it as a kid. I was very uncoordinated. Now I go to the park and you just kick the ball around. It's good fun. But uh, we have um, rugby is big on the eastern states. Soccer is football, whatever you guys call it. Soccer is like it's some people watch it, but not really. Basketball, we have a fantastic basketball league, but it's not very well attended. Uh, there's no baseball. Tennis comes around every now and then. We have golf. Yeah, that's, that's our sports. So do you call it soccer then as well? Football, football. We call it soccer. What do you guys call it? Football. You call it football. Okay, cool. You copied the American. Soccer in America? Yeah, soccer in America well, and I guess Australia. It's just we have something else called football. Yeah, fair. But we did invent the more. Yeah, okay, sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, fair. No, sports do seem good in Australia. You, in the World Cup, Australia sometimes do huge things. Like, I remember, I think it was two World Cups ago, um, was it Tim Cahill for Australia scored a crazy bicycle kick? Yeah, he's a good player. He's fantastic. Yeah. It's, uh, he's not bad. This is the thing, right? If you think about it, the European leagues and the English leagues and these players who are on $100 million contracts, that's insane, right? It's so, it's just an unbelievable, inconceivable number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, much- and plus the sponsorships on the side. Australian <laughs> players, like it's not a big league. They wouldn't be on much. I'd say Tim Cahill's probably the much, highest paid. How much would you say they get paid in Australia? He wouldn't be getting that much. Um, I'm going to say Tim Cahill's salary, just off a quick Google, is... It's, see, it's not even online. It's not a big... Oh, great question. Our big Apparently $11 million a year, which I didn't realise. No, that's nothing that's like, compared that. to the ones here. <laughs> yes, compared to... He owns a Bugatti, um, Bugatti Veyron and a Lamborghini. He paid, he's paid too much. 
I don't like idolizing sports people. I think sports people are generally terrible people, <laughs> to be honest. But yeah, um, you should paid a lot. Of money. But yeah, they, they do bring in a lot of money, I guess. Paid for a reason, but it's not ideal. Accountants should get paid more. Yeah, I, I mean, some like guy like Adam, some guy like Adam Johnson's being paid yeah. more than a doctor. Yeah, it should be doctors, nurses, police. My brother, by the way, just became a cop the other day. Congrats. Uh, is that a congratulations? I don't know if you guys like cops or not. <laughs> you know, that complicated cops. <laughs> um, one thing about Australia, I'm not sure about you guys, our tax brackets stop at 180,000. And if you earn over 180,000, 45% of your wealth gets taken away. I think that's crazy because that <coughs> that lumps in doctors who might be on 200, 300,000 with TV people who are on $2 million a year and sports people who are on $11 million a year. That's a, that's a crazy... And mining... Uh, people who work in the mining industry yeah. who get billions of dollars. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Um, I think it's well, crazy to have that sort of... To lump them all together. Well, ours is the same. Yeah. Over 100,000, I think it's then 45%. And the thing is, if you are a really high earner, like these TV people, as you say, they won't be paying 45%. They'll have very thorough tax accountants to get them out of it. You pay the, you pay the accountants. That's, yeah, that's why accountants are going to be paid more because they're good at their jobs. What is it Chris says, Sam? Um, some footballer, I can't remember who, was like investing in all these weird yeah. TV productions yeah, yeah, that he yeah. knew would fail that's because of the tax. Tax avoidance schemes you can do. Yeah. Oh, making a loss. Yeah. Or if you're that rich, you yeah, just tax. go to Monaco, yeah. somewhere like that. Um, Abu Dhabi, zero percent tax. Do you have a yeah, Irish version of the no, Bachelor? No, 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 but I that's in America. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah. I'm we have Love Island. Love Island. Oh, maybe not that one. Maybe something like Geordie Shaw or something like that. I've always thought that when the TV channel has whatever reality show set in a mansion, and they film for ten weeks a year. Who lives in the mansion for the other 40 weeks a year? Oh, yeah. That's a good question. That's a good question. And it's all paid for by the channel. Rented out by, like, holiday people, I guess, maybe, depending on where it is. Possibly. Possibly. It's a good question, though. I I was talking to someone from Love Island, actually, about New York. I can't believe they replied really? to me. On Instagram or something? Yeah, yeah, Instagram. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it was because we're, like, we're similar. She was a dual citizen, so am I, and she was moving to New York. And until recently, I thought I was moving to New York. Uh, and so you slid into the DM, <laughs> said, hey, maybe we could live together in New York. That's it. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I've got a few questions. <laughs> and she replied. Yeah, that's it is. That's actually quite cool. She should come on the podcast. <laughs> I hate to send her a message. <laughs> <laughs> you got the famous you. James on you can get her too of course of course well, that would be it loads of views so if you did do accounting for a while in Australia would you have to become chartered and what's the process for that so um, after graduation let's imagine that you've done all your internships and whatnot if you go with the big four the it's starting just, salary is much, 50, how, how much is here for the big four like 20k or something yeah, what's that in pounds, Eli? Uh, Harvard. Uh, yeah, that's fine. That's fine. Never mind. So twenty-five thousand, thirty thousand. Okay, so yeah, it's the same. Um, 
for three years and they'll pay for your CPA, CA. And uh, that's a path that a lot of people take if they can get it. Other companies, you'll do an internship and maybe you'll get the same amount of money and they won't pay for your CA, CPA. The government jobs are about 70,000 starting, so 35,000 pounds. Um, and they won't pay for it, but it's a better hours. They don't overwork you as much. Like the hours you do at the big four from people I know that work there, you're working 90 hours a week in busy season and you're still getting $50,000 a year. Um, and they say it's all just part of the process. It's all part of the, you got to grind it out. I think it's, I think it's silly. I think it should be illegal. Yeah, um, yeah they're doing 12 hour days. I've heard that. Yeah, it's. I had a friend who was working there and he was working Monday to Saturday, 14 hours a day. Oh my God. Yeah. Not for he me didn't to... have time to see his family. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, it is very common to do CA, CPA qualifications. It costs about 10,000 pounds, a lot of study, a lot of hard work. It's very difficult. That's a very common course to do. It's interesting you have CPA though, because that's the same as America, whereas we've got quite a few different ones. We've got well, SEMA, ACA. ICA, EW, it's called. Do you have any of those Eli? Because apparently SEMA also works in Australia. I have not heard of that. Oh, okay, that's worrying then. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. Was like transition, you can do like a little test to qualify yourself or something, but I've never heard of it. Okay. That is one thing that worries me about accounting. They claim it's so international you can work anywhere. But if I'm qualified in England, I'm pretty sure I can't work in America or many other countries. Yeah, I think a lot of them are trying to be global, um, like CPA, Chartered Practicing Accountants. They're trying to be as global as possible so you can take it overseas. Um, but, you know, one global one would be fantastic. You could travel Definitely. I think you're always going to have to do conversion exams, though, because the rules are a bit different, especially in America. It's completely different. Mm, absolutely. Because I think uh, yeah. we all use the international reporting standards, don't we? But then they have their own ones. US GAAP. US GAAP. Yeah. General accounting, accepted accounting principles, something like that. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, um, what's next for you, Eli? What's next? Uh, I'm going to spend this year. I've done, in 2020, I did a lot of, because uh, I'm a person who doesn't know what to do with my life. And I did a lot of trying stuff. I did um, some work experience as an electrician. I did some work experience as, uh, I don't remember what the other thing was. I've spoken to people who've done financial advising, who've done teaching, who've done all these careers that I'm considering, who've done police, who've done the army, all these things that I've considered. Um, and so 2021 is my year of finding my passions, trying new things, giving a go at radio, um, finding the career that's out there for me. Yeah, I mean, that sounds perfect for your position. I'll be in the same position soon as well. I'd, it's interesting you said teaching. I think you'd be really good at teaching or please. Do you think so? Yeah, definitely. You what, what, what's the next good teacher? Just um, your sort of how personable you are, the confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. physical presence there. You guys flatter me. You flatter me. 2021 is also the year of sticking with the gym, getting swole. Yeah, when they actually open here. 
the thing is ever since i got back in august it's we've basically been in lockdown except like one month so i have been trying to go to the gym since september every day but it's been shut more often than not it wasn't quite normal it was you know you can we went to bars and all that it was it was fine until like november happened all of a sudden lockdown yeah Mm -hmm. summer there was no rules we were basically going to pubs and stuff it was it was nice you got a little break for summer it's unfortunate the break to well, I mean I wasn't here for the summer I mean I obviously still but... in exactly. just like pretty much back to normal then because all the bars were open I knew it would happen though they made it so restaurants all restaurants were half price to encourage people to go out obviously it's going to make it spread if we're just easing back into things it should just be we're, we're, we're kind of, we're, not we're encouraging people to go they out they make new variants sound like it's more dangerous I mean it's more contagious but the you know, it's not as dangerous as before. We are getting in the news uh, headlines like highly infectious British strain of COVID and they're blaming you guys for this. Yeah, it did appear here first, sadly, the new variant. I don't know what you guys did, but if you could stop it, that'd be appreciated. <laughs> There's also one in South Africa, which is even worse. Which is really? Amazing. Yeah. What's <laughs> a liability on this podcast? Mate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sounds not very PC. We used to play um, um, Criplash, and my sense of humour is very, you know, not that pretty. All the answers, yeah, all the answers that came up, you can see all my medical faces, they were like, you know, that's not, <laughs> stop. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got to be careful, mate. America's a whole so, different... Some, some uh, of them, like... <laughs> name drop like Peter, Nick, and all that. They, 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 thought, it, they thought it was fine, but like you know, some certain people they know who they are. No, I noticed that I had to be much more careful in America. It's not so yeah, much sort of like insulting each other for banter. <laughs> Americans struggle with banter, they take it as an attack on their person. T- yes, definitely. <laughs> It's been a pleasure. I know you've got to get off back to work, is it? I have to get to work, unfortunately. I'd love to stay and chat. Yeah, well, when me and Sam are back in Bristol, we'll have to do a normal video call. That sounds good. We'll, we'll chat off. Yeah, yeah. Be as inappropriate as you want, Sam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But yeah, thank you so much. That was really, really good. Really good conversation. Amazing to hear about the Australian perspective as well. And uh, good luck to you with the comedy and everything else. Thanks. Good to hear you, Thank you for having me. Thank you for the chat. It's good to hear from you guys. Yeah, it's great to hear from you. All right, there we have it, everyone. Elijah James. That was a really interesting episode, I think, hearing about Australia, hearing about a different perspective. Maybe accounting's not for everyone, but there's certainly lots of different avenues you can go down. Please let me know if you preferred this sort of more informal nature and also being recorded remotely. I hope it worked as well. So we've got some big plans for this podcast. We're going to have some more remote episodes. We're going to have Michael, a Canadian Entrepreneur of the Year. And we're hopefully going to have my friend from Alabama, who also studies finance, which is a totally different world over there. Um, Once things are back to normal a bit more, we've got some in-person episodes planned as well. We're going to have serial entrepreneur Natasha and master marketer Kat, as well as she does a lot of graphic design. Um, we're also going to plan a trip to London when we can, again, when lockdown is over, and we're going to have an analyst from the Bank of England, as well as a Facebook programmer. Hope you enjoyed, everyone. Take it easy.